The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Welcome to the Yellow Block on the TalkSport Fun Network. Since we last recorded, we've, well, well, we fucked it really, excuse my French, played three, lost three, wheels firmly off and back in the box, joining me to discuss all of this and representing the middle grounds of posh politics. It's host of the season in waiting, Mr. Sam Edwards. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Tim. Have you, you, I want to know, because the last time I was on with you was transfer deadline day and you were wearing your lovely Jim White suit with yellow tie and underneath a nice pair of very, very tight cycling shorts. So is that because that was that was, you know, a bonus for people. They weren't just listeners. They were viewers that night. Boys, we're back to listeners now. So can you just describe what your undergarments are like today for everyone? So we're 45 seconds in and you want me to tell you what I'm wearing, basically. So I think that's a new record. Uh, it's Valentine's uh, Day this week. Let's get true. saucy. Very, very true. Uh, I am wearing a hoodie, uh, a, a black undershirt, uh, black jeans, uh, a pair of socks and some ambulance service issued pants. Um, that's what I'm wearing uh, today. Hopefully that was, I mean, I can say it more erotically. Uh, if you Disappointingly baggy is all I will say. Disappointingly baggy. I'm, I'm in comfortable clothes um, because, you know, I'm here to talk about the state of this football club. Uh, we're also joined uh, by Craig. Good evening. Good evening. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I, I won't ask you what, you, what you're what you wearing. It sounds a lot more forward than, than me. I prefer to take people out for dinner first before I ask those kind of <laughs> questions. But um, but yeah, I, I'm well. And and Craig, you know, uh, you played the, you, you took the graveyard shift on the live show and, and you were on just as we waited for news for two hours 
uh, we got nothing. And then all of a sudden, we got that breaking news that EMC was being sent to Coventry, to coin a phrase. Uh, and since then, it's all gone wrong. So I'm blaming you, Craig, for this. Thanks for that. Appreciate it, sir. It's all right. No worries. Um, it's hadn't touched on the live show there, actually. Uh, just, I suppose, just now that we've had a, a week or so to uh, to take that all in, a huge thanks to everyone that engaged. We felt like it was a success. Um, it felt like I'd... I've been awake about 48 hours by the end of it, but it was uh, it was good. It was enjoyable, and hopefully we can do some more of that. Absolute highlight for me, Sam, was you turning purple and Nathan trying to <laughs> answer a serious question whilst I got a drink. Yes, in said Lycra, aforementioned tight lower down clothing. It was it was a good moment, Tim. You did very well to hold that all together for so long, and. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 the Mason Clark news started to rumble, didn't it? Just as we went on air, and then it very quickly became apparent it was happening, and then it was just a case of of when. And as you get closer, you think, oh, okay, maybe not, but it, it it did look destined to happen from sort of earlier that evening. So, yeah, interesting one, and uh, I'm sure we'll get on to speaking about uh, that particular individual a bit later. Well, we have got a lot to talk about. Now, we've got the hindsight of three games played since the deadline uh, day show was recorded, Sam. And it's weird because we spent most of that two hours saying, actually, this is a good window. We've we've gone through it unscathed. Everything's great. We all felt relatively positive, even with EMC going, because we were getting it back. So everything was going to be OK. Um, it maybe transpires in the light of day that actually... It was a dreadful window. Um, if anyone has been uh, under a rock recently, three results, posh two, Wigan three, Exeter two, posh one, Wickham five, posh two. And there's so many nuances in all of this, Sam and Craig, I guess. I can't, it would be wrong just to approach a topic at a time because there's a lot to include here. We've got those results. We've got what's happening with Fergie, Belo, Ricky J. Jones, Ola KB, EMC that we've touched on there. I mean, there is just a lot going on and all of it, Sam, is quite negative. Uh, I suppose the easiest way for me to, to pin this to you would be, do you still think this was a successful window? Um, um, in the sense that we, well, you could say in the sense that we kept hold of Ronnie Edwards, no one was expecting us to do that. But then do we need the money? So therefore, is it is it is it a failure that we didn't sell him or certainly not a successful window that we didn't sell him because we... We need that money. And it was about Edwards being sold. It was about Tony being sold and this big cash injection into the club and how much of that would filter through, how much of it would go, you know, paying off the debts. Um, but it was what the people have been talking about pretty much since the window closed in the summer, since September. Um, you know, we, we pretty much knew Kyoto would go. So they were the big talking points. And obviously Tony stayed, Edwards stayed. And then we just had quite a a mild window in terms of activity, very low key. And, and, and yet it feels disproportionately disruptive in terms of what's happened since, because yeah, getting Mason Clark back on the face of it was, I think there were two chains of thought weren't there with, with Mason Clark. Great. We've got him back. We've sold him for a bit of money a bit earlier than in the summer. Maybe that increases, you know, what we can, what we can sell him for. We've got him back and a real chance to keep that bulk of that squad together. And then there was the other chain of thought was, well, he's got no incentive now. Now, I'm not going to question the individual because, you know, people say, no, I'm sure he'll be professional. And then you've got the fact that, well, well, let's just think about this for a moment. He's he's kind of got his promotion. You know, Coventry um, will definitely be in the championship at least next season. So 
is the incentive watered down a little bit for him? What does it say to the rest of the squad? Uh, you know, it doesn't keep that gelled unit together. Could we have just held on till the summer? And hey, look, if we got promoted, maybe he'd stay and he'd be a big part of that team, knowing he'd get more game time. Um, so, yeah, I think you can read it two ways. And obviously the way to read it at the moment is the negative way because of the results that have happened since then, um, losing three in a row. There's... I mean, it was quite a commentary. Their management team have come out and said outright that they wanted uh, AMC in January. They didn't want him to come back to Posh. They wanted him to play. So I guess even feeding into that even more, Sam, is that kind of he knows that he's wanted now by his parent club. He's that he would be getting championship game time. Now, there are rumours circulating this weekend on social media that he refused to play this weekend against Wickham. This is social media rumours, so there's potentially no truth in that at all. And you'd like to think he's more of a professional. But your point is absolutely valid. You know, a, a, um, a Tuesday night game away at Carlisle, I know we've played them away, but away at Carlisle in dreary March is hardly going to appeal to him now because he knows he's got that, that big move coming. But... I guess it's how much of this recent downturn is on that and how much is on the right side. And, you know, yes, it was low-key. Yes, we were expecting these incomings. Yes, we potentially needed to move players on before we could bring players in. But in my opinion, at least, it is a we, we have absolutely kneecapped ourselves by not bringing in a right-back at the very minimum. Yeah. Um, I cannot put that blame at anyone else's door apart from Dara McAntony, who it feels like for the 10th season in a row seems intent on finding a way to take our season in completely the opposite direction to where, where we want it to be. And I totally get that we were pitched this idea. So I've seen an argument a lot this week, which is, yeah, but we were only ever expected to go mid-table. We, we were sold this idea that we should only be mid-table, so we should be happy you know, that we're higher than that. But that's bollocks, in my opinion, because we know that we're better than mid-table. We know that we are a top three or four team. And therefore, now, we've got every right to expect that. And the only reason we're not getting that now is because our chairman, once again, has failed in a transfer window. Do you know, I was wondering before we came on tonight whether you would have calmed down a bit from your WhatsApp tirade on deadline day. And clearly the answer is no. And I think you and you and um you and Dan were locked in quite a furious exchange, weren't you, after you after you came off air and um it was yeah, I, I think I probably sided with, with, with Dan a bit more than you on that one. I can I could see your argument and your annoyance and your frustration. Um we, you know, and it was the argument you were having, weren't you, was about being the selling club. Um, so, you know, I can see that from from the Mason Clark perspective. We are needing to get that money, but it is, it is, um, it could end up being the Achilles heel of our season that we have not got a right back in. You know, I think that is so clear to everyone that that's what we needed. And look what's happened. We've gone and shifted to a back three and we're now, you know, all at sea. We, we're not really sure. We've got Josh Knight who can play there. Katongo can obviously play there or we mix it up and have a three. And that consistency that we had has just kind of gone and everything that we had that was, that was good sort of in, in December and up to that point has now sort of wilted away um, through the last three games. So yeah, I think not getting that right back in was, well, look, let's let's hope it doesn't come to be a decision that we look back on um, and it costs us, say, a shot at the playoffs. Um, but at the moment, it looks like it's potentially costing us a shot at, at automatic promotion, for sure. Well, I can't... Even if we had kept Kyoso 
we still needed another right back because we only had one in the building. So the fact we lost that one, I mean, Craig, help me out here. Like every posh fan since I would say probably at least October has said two things. One, we need a right back if Kyoso goes, or even if he doesn't, we need, we need, uh, you know, a second right back. And two, the squad depth isn't good enough. What that's exactly what's come to fruition. Right back's gone and we've turned to, to mud and a couple of injuries to key players and the squad depth just isn't good enough. So if we could see that, Craig, as posh fans, why can't the management see that? Surely it's written in black. It, it's obvious. Every, even non-posh fans could see that's what we needed. I think I think the thing is, like I remember the last question you asked me on that night um, of the transfer special, you said, um, went round everybody, is everybody happy with it? And I was the only one who said no. And the, the reason is everything you've just said there, that to not have that level of coverage in, in, in with the great respect, what is a key area and has been for us this season, um, knowing full well we're going to get people like Poku back at some point. Jadal Kotongo, as I said, uh, uh, said in the previous episode, he's always going to be a centre-back. He's always going to be defensively minded. He's never going to be that person that's going to bomb forward 10 times out of 10. He he will probably do it once, once in 10 times. And I think for me... It's it's suicide because when I went yesterday, um, there was there was no fruition to the first half. It was it was boring. It was it was almost like we'd gone backwards in in our approach, and yeah. it, it, we, we were so easy to read. And um, for me, I think that not having that squad depth um, is what's going to ultimately come back to bite us on the bum. Yeah, and I can't. It almost gets to the point where you start to have to ask: Is he doing this deliberately? I.e., is he trying to keep us in League One deliberately? Because in League One, he can bring in these non-league stars, turn them into good players, and make a lot of money from them. Whereas it's not so easy to do that in the Championship. Now, that's just a theory. I'm not necessarily saying that's my own personal opinion. But you do have to start to wonder because he's been at the club long enough to know that this was going to happen. It's not like he's new to the, the sport, he's new to the game. And and even if you weren't really into football, say losing your one right back coming into a transfer window, surely you would want to replace that right back, right? Now, I get the whole, you know, there's players potentially need to move on to spend money to keep with an FFP or whatever it might be. But there's players out there that are free or there's players out there that you could get in on loan, even if it was, um, you know, 17-year-old from wherever, that's got to be a better option than what we've got at the minute, Craig, which is, well, nothing. We're having to put square pegs in round holes and we've just finished the transfer window. It's not like Kyoso went at 11, you know, at 10.59 on transfer deadline day. We had a whole month to replace him. Totally agree. And that's another thing I said on the transfer special. I hate the fact that we always leave it for the last day. Now, I appreciate they might need somebody to go out to bring people in, but ultimately, we've known it nearly all season that we've needed this this backup. I mean, when you look at the players that we brought in at the start of the season, Jacob Wakelin, I mean, that's added to our FFP for starters and the lad hasn't even featured. He hasn't even come off the bench with the greatest respect. So, you kind of got to query the judgment of some of the players they have brought in because where was the mindset with that? Um, they've just brought this lad in from Biggleswade who actually started yesterday above J- Jacob Wakelin. He was yeah. on the bench. So, again, these little things that I appreciate, I think Wakelin might be injured now. I fully appreciate that. But he still hasn't featured for somebody that was new to the club in the summer. And I bet he's even starting to wonder, have I made the right move coming to Peterborough? So, I have got to start querying the management and and what what their decision-making has been leading up to this point. 
Yeah, I would. I, I just I can't fathom where McAnthony's head's at here. I'm sure we'll get some, you know, well spun, well worded explanation on his podcast. It won't be his fault, of course, it won't be his fault. Uh, but I'm sure we'll get an explanation at some point. Uh, I'm just hoping that posh fans, for the millionth time, can can see through the nonsense that we get fed. Um, see, thing is, Sam, I said I in my head, I said I'd come onto this and be relatively level headed. Um, evidently. <laughs> That anger has been looking for a way out, is it? Quite <laughs> exercised, aren't you? Yeah, I don't. I just. I feel like I'm banging my head against a brick wall, and I think to, yesterday, as in the after the the Wickham game, we're recording us on the Sunday. It was the first time that I've ever, I've ever kind of come away from a game thinking, I don't think I can keep doing this, and it's not because of these last three games. Of course, it isn't. It's like a decade of. Constantly making the same mistakes, following the same blueprint, that same blueprint failing, and and just I can we can all see like what I mean. How many times has, have we been proved right as a fan base in terms of what's going to happen next? And yet the management continue to make the same mistakes. The management continue to make the same mistakes that they made before. Clearly not learning. And I do include Darren in this. We'll talk about the games in a second, but certainly the management in terms of the club. I I can see. No logical explanation as to why there was no right back in the building come deadline day. Because even if it was a free, even if it was a kid from somewhere, there is no reason. Having Katongo as right back was never plan A. I don't buy for one second that either Dara or Darren sat down and went, yeah, we'll just have Katongo there for the rest of the season. That is bollocks. Nobody said that. Not a chance. So there's got to be a reason why somebody didn't come into the club and I want to know what that reason is. Yeah, absolutely. As, as paying fans, of course you do. And, you know, it's not like we'd have just had one target and that failed. Okay. Let's, you know, let's give up. I'm sure we would have had an extensive list of, you know, at least, at least three or four that we were looking at that we could have got in. Um, you know, clearly we tried for Kyoso to what degree, again, we still don't know, but he was probably target number one. But then where are targets number two and three? And at which point do you get them? As you say, it's it's not like he went late on in the window and suddenly was scrabbling around. But, but you know, even if that was the case, you would still be positioned to hopefully move quite quickly, knowing that it is a possibility. You know, it's different if it's one of your players going versus if it's a lone player who could be called back at any moment. So, you know, we, we've started to look weak down that right-hand side for a number of weeks, yeah. um, you know, even before... Mason Clark's, you know, seemingly quite staggering drop in drop in form. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's, uh, I think go, coming coming out of that window and now not having that side secured is 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 hopefully not. But it, at the moment, it certainly looks like it's going to going to cost us big time. Um, and we're slipping now, aren't we? We're slipping, and it's you're you're right tim in terms of it's what we've always pointed at that we've we've had an incredible season so far i don't think that can be argued based on the pre-season predictions where we thought we'd be the fact that we're up there um and the way we've been playing football at times but we've always thought what you know what if we had our team yeah together no suspensions no real injuries for a long time we've had that consistency it's been quite easy for darren yeah. um to make that selection and now what we're seeing is 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 a wobble you know and and this 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 has happened a number of times and 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 darren can do it sometimes where he 
suddenly gets a bit, oh, I'm not sure what my best team is. And we start seeing things switch. And, and, and all managers do it, don't they? You know, you go through such a long period of having the same team um, playing so consistently. And then suddenly, you know, one or two are no longer available. And then you really start to rethink things and, and possibly overcomplicate things a bit. Um, because, you know, we've lost in so many different ways now and you know on Saturday you kind of saw it just confused us you kind of saw everything we've got in fact that we just you know we suddenly crumbled and went three nil down and we've not done that this season you know we've not done that really we've been we've been solid and then you know we quickly get two back and oh hello we we might be back into it and we've seen us come back again and you kind of then think at that point right you know we could actually do this and then to go and concede you know another two and then it's it just kind of summed up in that one game the fact that we have got a bit about us, but we have got a real tendency again. And we've not had that weakness. You know, that was so chronic throughout the past couple of seasons, that weakness to fold and flop. And I just hope that hasn't seeped back in again. You know, we've conceded a quarter of our league goals this season in the past three games. You know, that is, that is, it's not just that we've lost three, it's the way we've lost them, I think tells that story doesn't it I mean let's let's look at these last three games I suppose in isolation because in each case there is a player that seems to have been attributed the blame so uh the Wigan game Ricky J Jones we'll talk about that in a second uh the Exeter game um Ola KB came in for the the lion's share of the mauling in that one and then the Wigan game this weekend you know I mean there's only one man unfortunately that, that will be discussed there but let's go let's go back Craig and start with posh two Wigan three now my take on this first 10 minutes, I thought we actually looked all right. It felt like we were we were relatively in control. In fact, I'm going to say first 20. We, we looked in control, felt like we could move through the gears at any point. And it was kind of akin to the other home games that we've seen this season. Then all of a sudden, uh, it all just went to shit and it all went peak tongue. And don't let the two goals that we scored fool you because this was a 3-0 defeat, really, if I'm honest. And a lot of it stemmed from, um, well, our, let's say... Uh, ineptability to score in front of goal and it sparked a, a bit of a debate on social media and it certainly sparked a bit of a debate between uh, myself and, and Dan that Sam alluded to earlier around Ricky J. Jones um, and the fact that we seem to insist on sticking with a player that, that runs really fast but doesn't do a lot else in my opinion at least. Uh, game was poor, uh, what was your take on this one Craig? To be fair I thought the game was um... It's probably one of the most boring games I've watched at London Road all season, if I'm being completely honest, from, from our perspective, not from the, the way perspective. Um, I thought we looked pedestrian. Um, we were read very easily, but I think Wigan had also done the homework on us. Um, given the fact that, obviously, you mentioned rightly, the right wing, uh, it, it's, it's, it's almost looked after itself because whoever's come in hasn't filled the role. No. Um, they put two men on Ephraim Mason Clark, and every time he went forward... He was closed down very quickly and it, it made all of our options, bear in mind a lot of our season been built on wing attack, yeah. um, it shuts down and it, it, we were so so easily countered. Um, it, it, it was embarrassing to be fair. We didn't seem to have no plan plan B at all whatsoever. Do you think, um, so I, I, I'm loath to keep talking about the same points, but a point that I've been quite vocal about, certainly this season, even when things are going well, is that Ricky J. Jones is not, uh, number nine. He reminds me a lot, and there's probably a compliment here somewhere. He reminds me a lot of Nunez at Liverpool, in so much as he runs really, his work rate's great, he runs a lot, and yeah, I get the argument around how he creates space for other people, but he's not a striker, he's not a number nine, he can't finish. There's opportunities that 
strikers would take instinctively that he overthinks and puts into Rosette. If we, even ignoring these last three results, if we are serious about automatic promotion, you, you're not going to get it with Ricky Jean Jones up front, in my opinion. I think I think the the management team have been <laughs> they've kept the faith with him, but ultimately he's not repaying it, and that's all it comes down to. Um, he's there to put the ball in the back of the net, as far as I'm concerned. He's, he's the the front man, the line, the last line of attack, and ultimately, yeah, all right, he's he's putting tap tappings in, but I'd hope anybody could do that. Um, he, he doesn't look a threat in front of goal, and he's not he's not creating anything either for us. It's um, I don't know. I, I, I just kind of feel at the moment he's. Uh, He's, he's in there based on the fact he, he's one of our youth products and that's what it comes down to. But Sam, we've I know we've talked about this before, but we've stuck with it. We've stuck with him. Surely we've stuck with him too long now. There's been no development. And I know this this devices the pod, devices the listeners. People either love or hate. Uh, well, hate's probably a strong word. People either love or struggle to love uh, Ricky J. Jones. Um but surely there has to come a point where you go, well, look, I mean, he's had five seasons in the first team, whatever it is, and there's not been enough of an improvement. I mean, where where do you stand on Ricky at the minute? I am very much on the fence. Oh, there he is. I'm happy to admit it, but but I guess falling off the fence slightly um, t- towards your, your garden. Um, because it, it depends how you read it, doesn't it? Because... You know, he's still got three in his past four, but how many should he have got? Um, he's progressed. His numbers this season have progressed. But I think you're absolutely right, Craig, in terms of we maybe put a bit more emotional attachment onto him because of him coming through the academy. You know, I think if you were to maybe take the performances and the numbers and put them into someone else, you would maybe think slightly differently about it. And that does cloud judgment. And I'm sure it does the same with every sort of fan base, doesn't it? When you've got you know, one of your own who's come through the academy, you, you you so desperately long for them to do well. And that's why you give them maybe a bit more grace than other players. So, you know, have we seen progress this season and improvement? I think that's a yes. No. But could, could, but could inter- I'm talking in terms of the numbers there, Tim, in terms of how right, he's well, contributed okay. to the team, how right, he's let... contributed goals and assists. But hang on, and this goes back to me being on the fence, could we be reasonably asking for much, much more I also think yes. Okay, well, let's talk numbers then. Uh, 28 matches played, 22 started, 1,731 minutes played, 56 shots, 56, 56, I can't even remember my teeth in, 56 shots on goal, an expected goal return of 12.3. He has seven. Eight, actually, because he scored. Uh, Eight, he's been yeah. credited with one from, uh, from the game against Wickham. But... The point being, uh, and they are, if you look at the shot map, they are all tap-ins, like Craig said. They're all, you know, within the in the six-yard box. Um, but that's the type of player he is. He's not going to he's not gonna belt one in from 25, 30 yards, is he? Because that's the, that's how he plays his game. You know, look at Van Nistelrooy. Most of his goals were from inside the penalty box. You, you don't necessarily criticise for, for where they score their goals. But I think the point you're trying to make is, and it's a shame Jared isn't on here because he loves talking about expecting. <laughs> he does, he? does love an XG. Um, is, is that, yeah, he, his, his numbers should be even better. And that's what, I guess that's what I was trying to get at. Yes, his numbers have got better than last season. They have, you, you know, that's clear. That's, that, that's numbers, but his numbers should be better. But I think that speaks to what Posh have been like, certainly these past three games. Again, if you look at the expected score lines, which again, I know some people will maybe scoff at or turn their noses up at, but what it's really useful for is telling you, 
on the balance of it, are we overperforming, underperforming, about where we should be? And if you look at the expected goals, the last three games we should have we should have drawn one and won two. So what that tells you is we're we're missing more chances than we should. You know, we're being being wasteful in front of goal and we're being soft at the back. I mean, I could have told you that you don't need numbers for that. I think any posh fan that's watched any of these last three games could probably tell you that. But I, I take your point. I just feel like at some point, and it's not going to happen this season now because uh, we haven't, you know, we, we've, we're out the window. But at some point, we have to go. Ricky was a great, you know, experiment and had great potential, but just didn't reach it. I don't think there's any shame in going out. He could still go on to be a great player, but I don't think he he will be at this club. Anyway, uh, second defeat was Exeter 2, Posh 1. Sam, this was uh, down beyond your favourite services, I believe, down past, uh, down at Exeter. Um, another player that came in for Posh Raff from the fan base was Ola KB. Now, I just need to point out, he did play at home in the Wigan game, which people seem to forget about, and did actually okay. I mean, he wasn't spectacular, but he wasn't dreadful. Um, he was poor against Exeter, but I would like to add a little personal caveat here. I don't think it was all entirely on him. I feel like the way we set up didn't play into his style of play at all. Everything was slow. Everything was behind him. There was no balls in front of him. We weren't playing to his strength. So whilst he was, let's say, maybe inexperienced and lacked that kind of professionalism, got getting himself sent off, I don't think he's as bad necessarily as the fan base made out after that exit to game. No, I think it's a bit harsh to go for someone, isn't it? Two games in, you know, clearly the, the lad's got talent in terms of where he's come from and the number of appearances he's made in the Premier League um, for Brentford already. But he, he should have been protected as well. I think it was it was probably Darren's worst game of the season as a manager. You know, again, like with the right back situation in the window, everyone could kind of see that that was, that was what was going to happen. And he probably should have... Um, you know, well, definitely, he definitely should have changed it before Ola Kigby got sent off. Does that speak to the fact that we don't have that depth and he kind of wanted to keep him on even on a yellow card rather than bring someone else on? Perhaps that's what it's all coming back to here. So, yeah, I think I think the lad should have been protected and not... not okay, he shouldn't have put himself in that situation, but he also... It was, it was inevitably going to end like that the longer he stayed on the pitch. Yeah, what was your take on, on this one, Craig? Was it a case of Fergie being too stubborn or is Olakibi just not as good as we would like to hope he is? Very honestly, Tim, um, I, didn't, I didn't actually get to see the game and I'd rather say that. But from the comments that I see online, it does sound like it was a suicide from Darren, actually, that he didn't actually take the lad out of the game when everybody else could see that he was just a, another tackle away from being sent off. And um, I think it's a shame because, again, from the comments that were made, it, it would sound like that was the turning point in the game. We had control. And as soon as he went off, it, it went to pot. So um, I'm afraid, yeah, that's all on Fergie for me on that one. Yeah, it's difficult. Cause Fergie did come out and say, you know, you leave him on and he scores and suddenly nobody questions the decision. It goes wrong like it did and everyone questions the decision. And I think it's a fair point Sam made, actually, around squad depth. Maybe that was perhaps feeding into his... Um, feeding into his thought process. But I suppose all I'm getting at here is a plea to the fan base. I don't think he necessarily deserved the uh, abuse and negativity that he got. Um, I, yeah. I don't think he's that bad. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, it's hard to judge after a game and a half, but I, you don't, you know, make seven premiership appearances this season if you Gosh, don't. Um, no. No. I feel like he's one we need to stick with and maybe lift up rather than, um, rather than sort of... 
put down. I'm fully aware of the irony after I've just done that with Ricky J. Jones. But there we go. One game that you did catch, Craig, was uh, Wickham 5 Posh 2. You were unfortunate enough to be in Buckinghamshire for this one. Now, just before we touch on this, quick shout out to Dell, who, for his prediction for this one, predicted a 5 2 scoreline. Incredible. But unfortunately, he predicted it would go Posh's way, which is, I mean, I feel like he deserves the points for that, just for getting the scoreline right. But uh, yeah, uh, Wickham 5. Posh two and the player, unfortunately, that comes into the firing line for this one um, is a certain Belo. Now, uh, despite Jed Steer signing, uh, re-signing, I suppose we should say, uh, for the club, um, he's not yet started since deadline day. Uh, we've had Belo time three, and in that time, we've conceded ten goals. Uh, and there's no doubt, Craig, as much as we can try to protect him, he he was poor against Wickham. It was shocking. Um... There ain't, there ain't no other word to put it. Put it like it was. Uh, it was suicide from him. I mean, I, I've heard, I've read comments online today that there was two goals that he was definitely fault for. I would actually go as far as say he was at fault for four because he got yeah. beaten both near posts. Yeah. Um, the two kickouts, and you can even possibly argue that that one that came into his six yard box. Bear in mind he's six foot odd tall. Again, he got past him so so easily. So from my perspective. He, he was the main contributing factor to the loss yesterday. And um, I'm afraid, I think the best thing Fergie could now do is actually take him out of the firing line. Um, I think ultimately, he, if he starts on Tuesday night, his confidence shot before he even ends the field of play. Yeah, and it's an interesting one, Sam, because he, he'd come under a little bit of criticism after the Wigan and Exeter defeats, more so really the fact that, that Steele wasn't starting. So kind of feel like this sort of, performance was almost coming in in some ways. Fergie's come out uh, post-match and said, uh, this is a quote, a lot of the criticism B- Bilo has received, he obviously wouldn't have said Bilo, I'm paraphrasing here. A lot, of the, criticism, a lot of the criticism Bilo has received has been unjust. Uh, there's just something about young goalkeepers that posh fans don't like. Now, I thought that was quite um, bladed and rather unnecessary from Fergie. Yeah. It's a bit prickly, isn't it? It's a bit prickly, and I think I think we have struggled with goalkeepers, haven't we? That is a, that is a truth. We have struggled with them. Um, but, but my argument would be just sorry. I know, I know you're about to to answer that. My argument would be that it doesn't. It's hard. You, you can support goalkeepers all you like when they have a performance like they had yesterday. It doesn't matter whether they're 19, 29, or thirty nine. They deserve the criticism that comes their way. Yeah, and don't you know? Never put it back on the fans in that way. You know, I think again, does does that is that a kind of comment of someone who's starting to feel a bit of pressure and a bit of frustration that we're now in the position we're in? I think I think it does. Um, and in the heat of the moment, after an after a match like that, after three performances like that, after a transfer window like that, I can understand why he makes that comment. But I don't think it's necessarily correct. Um, and absolutely, Steer has to come back in. And again, I think it's all. You know, it's all it's all matching up, isn't it? It's in terms of we've started tinkering again. You know, yeah. we, we we get steer back in and he only misses the trophy game. So you could, you know, keep that league continuity going and, and bring steer straight back in, but we don't. And then look what we've done in terms of conceding. Um, you know, he's got two own goals and we've scored four own goals in the past two games. I mean, what yeah. kind of 
hell is this? Like, you know, we, it just shows how we're just messy, aren't we, at the moment? We're just all a bit over the place. Go Do you know what, Sam? I, I said something yesterday to my old man. We were sat in the, sat in the stands. He used to be a goalkeeper, so I, I tend to listen to a lot of what he's got to say. And I said at 3-0, I said, would you bring Stair on now? And he said, yeah, I would. And I genuinely believe if we'd have brought Stair on at 3-0, bearing in mind we got two goals back, there's no way them other two goals would have been would, would have would have occurred in the first place. And we may have gone on to at least got drawn something out of the game. But he cost us yesterday. There was no two ways about it. And the guy has to stand up and be accountable for it. And for Fergie to come out and call the fans, um, that didn't sit well with me yesterday, to be fair. That really didn't. No, no and I know, look, I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to protect a youngish goalkeeper, isn't he? That's clear. And, but I don't think it's fair to say, you know, that we've got a problem with young goalkeepers. What we have a problem with is people, you know, people who consistently make mistakes. People are going to make mistakes. Young people are going to make mistakes. We all make mistakes in our jobs. I guess the difference is we're not paid thousands of pounds a week. Um, and yes, we don't come under the, the scrutiny and the spotlight, but you know, that's what football is. That's kind of what you sign up for. Well, look, um, and looking, at the, looking at the Olakabe situation on the game before, Sam, Fergie highlighted that it was his mistake. He should have pulled him out at that point. 3-0 down, we had nothing to, to win for. Effectively, all the posh fans in that stadium, 3-0 thought that's a game over. So it wouldn't have cost us anything to take Bilo out of the heat of the game, bring Jed's there on. That would have been managing the game, in my opinion, and actually taking the heat off him straight away. Effectively, by allowing him to stay in, the, in between the sticks, Cost us the game. That's yeah, what well, I, I suppose the risk is, though, if you do that, are you not saying to Bilo, I don't trust you now? If you're having a bad game, I'm going to take you off. I, I get you do it for outfield players, but as a keeper, keepers don't get substituted. So it's like, do you know what? I don't trust you anymore. You're coming off. It's, I do see what you're saying, but it's a results game at the end of the day. And as I said, a 3-0, nobody expected us to come back from it. So my point is, is that actually taking it, was getting, it was already getting a lot of heat from the fans at the third goal. Um, and to be fair, it would have been an ideal situation to say, right, come off the field of play, get steering goal. Posh fans were calling for it, I may add. So again, that would have gone down with the, well with the posh fans. And effectively, if we'd have gone on to get a third goal, everybody would actually say, well done, Darren, what a bit of man management. And Craig, he probably, it wouldn't surprise me if he's sort of been reflecting on that himself as well. And there's, you know, managers can be some of the most stubborn people, can't they? Um, Who starts for you, Sam, on Tuesday night? Yeah, it's got to be steer. And I think the thing is, like you've you've just you've just put it you've just put it absolutely. And the only reason I think he could, I think he would have thought that the only reason he's not done it is, as you said, Tim, to protect him because it makes more of a statement when it's a goalkeeper versus an outfield player. It puts the defeat on one person. But again, I think that's as you say, that's that's taking ownership as as the manager to say this is where it's going wrong at the moment, and you deal with. The keeper, you deal with Bilo. Um, a shiver when I when I say that, Tim. You've has, you've, you've got to me. Has but, he done more damage? Has he done more damage? Than the you, yeah, you yeah, you deal with that afterwards, don't you? You manage that situation. Say, look, this is why I did that, and you know, I don't think it would be a bad thing. You've got Steer, who's got. So, I mean, yeah, he's not actually played loads of games, has he? Steer really through his career, but he's got so much more experience, and you bring him into that moment. So, yeah, Steer absolutely has to start, and I think again, hindsight is wonderful, but probably should have started the past three games once he re-signed again. And what was that whole narrative around, oh, um, you know, Steer didn't, couldn't be guaranteed games, so he's going to go, and then suddenly he comes back. And again, there, there's a, you know, a narrative underneath all of that as well with the goalkeeper situation. So again, it's just all got a little bit messy. 
Yeah, and it's also it's not just the it's the confidence that Steer brings to the back line. You could see that the that those in defence lacked that confidence in Bilo towards the end yesterday, and I I completely understand uh, why. I would like to point out the back line are not uh, absent from blame yesterday. There were some few questionable defensive uh, performances. Um, Critchlow again. I'm probably looking at you for this one in the Wigan game, but um, yeah, I just I just feel I, I agree with you both. Uh, I suppose I was just playing devil's advocate around bringing him off. I, I absolutely would have had him off. But Sam, there was. I mean, you 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 know you built up a a relationship with Fergie. You've, you know, in, not in a personal sense, but in terms of you you know you've got to try and work out his inner mind a little bit more than the rest of us, I suppose. Now, we know that he has a history of being quite stubborn. Uh, by the time people are listening to this, the Port Vale game will have been and gone. But but as we are now, and knowing how stubborn Fergie is, do you think he sticks with Bilo because he wants him to get that confidence back? First thing, Fergie's really hard to read, so don't give me more than <laughs> Secondly, I think he, he, no, I think there's a limit, isn't there? He has, you know, think he'll be, what if he starts Bilo and Bilo has a shocker? You know, he might start like, like the, like the, um, Ola Kigby situation, right? Where he said, oh, I could have left him on and he, he might have scored. Yeah, he might have done. You could argue the same thing with Bilo. If he leaves Bilo on, says, I've got full faith in you, ignore those fans. They don't know what they're talking about. They have a problem with these young goalkeepers. I wholeheartedly believe in you. Go out there and prove them wrong. And he goes and has an absolutely world-class performance, gets a clean sheet, makes a string of top saves or even one one top save that, that wins us the points. Well, Darren's going to be sitting there, isn't he, Wednesday morning, um, looking, you know, looking very smug. But it's the chance of that happening versus the chance of just bringing Steer in as a solid pair of hands. And even if Steer doesn't have the best game, it's what the fans are calling for. So, you know, if you're a business owner, you kind of, you know, customer's always right, right? You give the customers what they want or, you know, to a degree. That's this situation here, I think. You know, the easy decision is to bring Steer in because it's what the fans want. It's what the form says and something's got to be done. So even, yes, he is stubborn and a lot of football managers are, not just Darren Ferguson, but I think he will start steer, yeah. I do think it's quite rich that uh, that Darren says there's something young goalkeeper, about young goalkeepers that posh fans don't like uh, when he's left Fintali out and brought in a, uh, you know, a more experienced goalkeeper. And in doing so, has completely disjointed Bilo season and said to, to Tally, you're not good enough to be here, otherwise you would be my number one in, in Bilo's absence. But, you know, that's just my take on it, Darren. What, what do I know? Uh, Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
Another player hasn't really kind of been talked about too much on social media, but I just wanted to see what you guys thought. Uh, Craig, I'll throw this to you first of all. Um, Joel Randall, uh, I feel like his form has tanked uh, in keeping with many others, but I, I feel like, and it was probably most evidence for me, uh, most evidence for me in the in the uh, Wigan game. He's just, it feels like he's a, he's a yard behind where he was. His decision-making seems to have got worse. His finishing has definitely got worse. I don't know. He's just kind of almost, I don't want to tempt things. He's kind of almost gone back to that player that we had last season. Yeah, he's an expensive commodity, as far as I'm concerned. He really is. At the end of the day, um, yesterday and the Wigan game um, that I was both present for, um, he didn't stand out in either game. Um, I think some people have said that he got injured yesterday and that's why he came off. It weren't. He 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 had an absolutely terrible game. Um, he was he was all at sea, absolutely at sea. I don't think he completed one one pass um, that actually got it to him. Man, he 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 was dreadful yesterday. Yeah. Let me try and throw some positivity over to you, Sam. Um, in these last three defeats, is there anyone that has stood out, or anyone that is there any good news story in all of this uh, over the last week or so? We're still four points off the top two and um, not, I mean, I think the positive we can take is the fact that we still have the lion's share of the squad that got us to this position against the expectations, right? You know, yes, we've spoken about the right back situation. If we get Poku back, you know, if, if he does come back against Port Vale, as people are saying, that's a big plus, right? So I think that's probably the player who's gained the most in the last few games is Kwame Poku. You know, we've realised how much we need him. So, you know, I think I think our season is a bit of a crossroads now, right? We've, 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 we've had these three defeats after a really good run. We are four points off the top two. We're four points from being knocked out of the playoffs. Um, and it's how these next few games go, how we respond. We were always going to have a wobble at some point. That was always going to happen. We weren't going to, you know, we had, what was it? What Was it one defeat in 23 before the Wigan game? Yeah. Right. So we still had however many games of the season to go, you know, 15, 16 games by the Wigan game. We weren't going to not lose again, right? We're always going to have a wobble, but it's how long this wobble goes on for. We've got Port Vale at home and Blackpool at home, you know, two big games now. If we can get maximum points... You know, that sets us right back on track, I think, and gives us that bit of confidence we need again. Um, if we if if we don't win either of those, then I have real, real, I think we'll all have real concerns about where the season's heading. Yeah, huge game Tuesday. And as I say, you know, this will, by the time people are able to consume this audio podcast, that, that game will, uh, will have taken place. But just talking about the league table then, uh, it looks like so. Uh, Pompey stay out. To, we all thought they were going to, Fall away, didn't we? And myself included. And here they are, six points clear at the top of the table. So uh, Portsmouth played 32, 66 points. Derby make up the automatics, much to the uh, dismay of producer Danny, the Knott's Forest fan. Uh, they've played 31, uh, 60 points. Uh, Bolton are in third. They've only played 29 uh, and they have 59 points. So win their three games in hand. And they go top. Big ass though. They've drawn the last couple of games. Maybe a wobble coming their way. I don't know. Uh, Barnsley have leapfrog posh. They are fourth. They've played one less than us as well. They've played 30, 56 points. We also have 56 points, but we have played 31. And then Stevenage make up the top 
six, they've also played less than us. They've also only played 30, and they are just three points behind. The only team that is unbeaten in the last five in uh, that top six is Pompey. Everybody else has lost at least one game in the last five. So they, as much as everyone wrote them off, I feel like maybe that's actually fed into their uh, their current form because it's removed a lot of the pressure. Uh, who knows? Tuesday night's opponents, Port Vale, are occupying the relegation zone, uh, level on points with Charlton, who are at real risk of being relegated to League Two uh, this season. Um, and then Blackpool, who we play next week, they are in decent form. They are eighth uh, on 47 points. Um, one other bit of club news that we do just need to touch on quickly. Ali Uzan Hazan Oglu, the goalkeeping coach uh, at Posh, uh, received a ban from the FA this week for uh, betting on football matches, Craig. Um, he got one month, I believe it was, and 250 quid fine. Um, so we've now got no goalkeeping coach. Maybe that's what happened against Wickham. <laughs> um, yeah, it don't look great, does it, to be fair? Um, but... Ultimately, I mean, I'm, I'm yet, I don't think I've seen anything come out from the club, to be fair, in regards to no. it. So, no, make of that what you will. Yeah, I was going to put this to you, Sam, because actually it's a really good PR point. The club haven't commented on this. We only heard about this via the FA's uh, website. I would be very interested to know why that is. Well, what's your, that sounded like there was a conspiracy or, or an no, idea no. there. Why wouldn't, you put some, why wouldn't you put something out? Why wouldn't you be transparent about it? You know, and this is an alarming trend now. We've, you know, we've had, we've had Tony, we've had Fry, we've had, we've had this. Um, so, yeah, always, always be proactive and transparent. So hopefully they'll, they'll put something out. But it's a, bit, it's a bit late, isn't it? And let, the only thing is, unless the FA have just done it, and they didn't know it was coming, but I, I'm not sure that would be the case. You still throw out a statement, don't you, same day, just saying, you know, we're disappointed with yeah, this. Yeah, you react to it very that. quickly. Yeah. Yeah, it's maybe in keeping with everything else that's going on at the moment. Uh, in any case, we're out of goalkeeper coach for the next month. Uh, I suppose it remains to be seen whether or not that has a, a massive impact. I don't know. Port Vale on Tuesday then. I don't want to dwell on this too much. Um, because this will, like I said, this will have been played by the time we get there. But just very quickly, prediction for this one, Craig? Going to go through one win. Uh, Tuesday night under the lights, Sam. Jed Steer to come back in, we'll get a clean sheet and win 2 0. Jed Steer to sort of 90th minute corner. <laughs> no, it's, um, I mean, I, yeah, I, I've still got like trauma from when we played Port Vale away. Uh, that was not a fun evening. That was. I mean, the games that we've lost in the last week were more entertaining than the uh, the reverse fixture against Vale. I mean, you'd like to think you'd win this one, right? Um, but then you would have probably said the same for Exeter and probably Wickham. Um, predictions. Ah, I mean, it's hard to predict this posh time, isn't it, just now? Um, two two. I can't. I can't see it. But I can't predict the posh win. Two two. I can't even see Vale scoring twice. But who knows at the minute? I think it depends who starts in goal. Uh, let's focus on the Blackpool game then. We actually play them twice in the space of a few days. We've got them at home in the league before we travel to the northwest for the cup game. Um, I believe our Dan is heading up to the cup game. So if you see a guy there with a questionable hairstyle, it's probably our Dan. Um, Obviously, we'll have had the hindsight of the Port Vale game, Craig. So hard to predict this one. Um, I suppose this is more of a statement game. Win here, having maybe one on Tuesday as well, and suddenly things look good. 
Yeah, I mean, to be fair, as you said earlier, they're on a good run. Um, they've obviously got a few players um, in the team um, that might want to uh, get one over us for <laughs> yes. the obvious reasons. Um, but ultimately, I think it'll be. I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be close. Um, I'm, I'm going to probably predict a one-one on that one. One-one. So, Blackpool is it's one of those games where I feel like we benchmark. So you look back to the reverse picture of this one, and it was the complete opposite of Vale. In that, actually, this was one of those games where we went to the rest of the league. Look how good this PB United squad is. Um, I feel like we've got an opportunity in this game to say, look how we've arrested that dreadful form and how we're back to winning ways against Blackpool for this one. Yeah, yeah. We should, I mean, they're up there, aren't they? But their away form isn't great, to be honest. Um, they're not great travellers. So I think I think it's it's a game we've got to win, haven't we? We've got to win, we've got to win both of these games. Um, I was just I was just looking through the squad list. Obviously, I knew Oliver Norburn was there, but after what you just said, and and one name stood out massively: Hayden Coulson. What a posh career he had. Yes, yeah. yeah it's I feel like Blackpool. Like we either. It's one of those games that it feels like we always lose, but actually our record against them is not too bad. Um, but Blackpool at home, I, yeah, I mean, this will, yeah, I suppose they'll, you know, they'll make noise. And I guess, you know, I'll get a score prediction from you for that one, Sam. But also, we do just need to quickly touch on the, the game a few days later in the cup game. Um, because that's now become quite a big game for us. Suddenly, we're all interested in that competition now. Yeah, it's got to the stage where we all start to say, oh, hello, one game from Wembley. Um, yeah, and obviously it's, te- it's 10 years, isn't it, since we won it and yeah. got to Wembley. And that season we what finished sixth, didn't we, and lost to Orient in the in the playoffs. I mean, there's an outside chance that could happen again. Um, Orient are on a great run of form, um, you know, 10 years on. But yeah, I think, you know, I'm as apathetic about this competition as as the rest of the fan base. But when you start, you know, any any day at Wembley um, with your team is is to be you know is to be cherished. So yeah, it's a you know it's a big a big ten days coming up. Get a couple of wins in the in the league, get to Wembley, and suddenly by the next pod we're all uh, singing from a very very different hymn sheet, and and everything's feeling a bit more positive. So I think that just speaks to you know how how much you can change in football in a, in a short space of time um so yeah let's let's hope it's uh it's looking that way in a couple of weeks time and the other semi-final of course is bradford against a certain wickham wanderers uh so what if assuming we we get through the blackpool game which is definitely not a gimme uh we've got two potential scenarios there bradford will fill wembley they have a huge fan base that would we would be vastly outnumbered if bradford were to make it if Wickham were to make it, given the history between ourselves and, and Wickham, who would like to point out their fan base have taken great pleasure um, over the last couple of days in reminding us how much they, uh, the greater team than us, despite the fact they're like 13th or something like that in the table. Uh, so that could potentially create quite a good storyline if we do get to Wembley. But I suppose we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves just yet. Um, just a score prediction from you, Sam, for the Blackpool League game. I was just going to say, Tim, we'll get to Wembley, we'll play Wickham and one of two things will happen. Either either, either Kieran Sadley will score the win <laughs> or, yes. or there'll be, uh, you know, an absolutely massive thunderstorm in London that calls the game off in the 89th minute, decided <laughs> on shots per minute. Um, you decided on XG. Yes. Yeah. Jared would be happy, wouldn't he? <laughs> um, I, look, I'm going to be positive. I know the last three games haven't been great, but you know we've we've had it. We've had a, a good season so far. Um, Poku back. 
let's hope these rumours about Mason Clark refusing to play are just social media rumours. Um, and Steer comes back in and grows an extra arm. Um, <laughs> and we beat Blackpool. We beat them 2-1. Fair enough, I like your optimism. I can't share, unfortunately. I think we lose 1-0 at home to Blackpool. Uh, and, yeah, things start to uh, things start to unravel, maybe. I don't know. Craig, any intention to go up to Blackpool for the Cup game? None at all. Intention to go to Wembley, though, right? Uh, do you yeah, know what? Of course. Uh, he's still in the Cup. I'd say, yeah, of course I will, but do you know what? It don't bother me at all. I hate this Cup game. really hate it. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So you wouldn't go to Wembley and putting that out there now. I'm not saying I wouldn't, I'm not saying I wouldn't but it just don't bother me at all, Tim, if I'm being honest with you. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, anything else that you lads would like to talk about before we wrap up? Do we talk about our pitch? Yeah, that's a fair point, actually, Sam, because it was, uh, I mean, it's a bit of a shocker at the minute. And, and actually, it was during, I think it was the Wigan game, I messaged... Uh, I don't know if I messaged you guys, I can't remember, I messaged somebody and basically said, I wonder how much of an effect it's actually having on our style of play, because obviously we like to play quite expansive, quick football. I wonder if the fact that our pitch isn't allowing that at the moment is maybe going hand in hand with the dip in form. I mean, we've got a good home record, haven't we, this season? We have got a good home record despite that, but it is, you know, it's hard not to notice it, isn't it? And um a lot of people have been talking about it and, and that would be almost like a signing, trying to improve that pitch based on the way we play. Yeah, I wonder if the pitch can play a right back. Um, Craig, you've obviously, you know, for the Wigan game, it's, it's poor, isn't it? At the minute, the pitch is it's not conducive it's to shocking. the football. Yeah, it's shocking. To be fair, it doesn't really help when you've got goalkeepers that have a training goal to go into before the start of a game and still yeah. choose to go into the main goal, chewing up the goal mouth. But um, I mean, don't take a brain surgery, does it? But um, for, to be fair, um, no, it, I think uh, I think the club's been let down in regards to that area. And it's, it's certainly having an impact on how we can play our um, style of football. Um, I think yesterday, um, having looked at Wickham's pitch, it was, uh, yeah, I think we most posh fans would have stood there and, and wish we could only have that back. Yeah, and just in a word, I guess, from both of you to, to wrap up, uh, as we are now, with the window done, with the results we've had recently, Sam, I'll start with you, just yes or no, do we still make the playoffs? No. Craig? Yes. Oh, how things change in the space of a few weeks. Hey, that's why we, we love football. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of The Yellow Block. And a big thanks to Sam and Craig for joining me. Tune in next time where we'll be reviewing Vale and Blackpool version 1 and looking ahead to Blackpool, Blackpool even 2.0 and a certain Cambridgeshire derby. The timing of that is not looking good. Uh, please work your magic on social media and let us know your thoughts on everything we've discussed tonight. Unless, of course, you disagree, in which case, just Jared is not here to defend himself. Up the punch. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling tell them honestly if you're going through a difficult time let them know opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference after all 
They are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.